Hello, everyone. Welcome back to In the Deep End with Lexi and Tomas. Yes, we're very excited. Today's guest is my friend Miles Smutney. Miles is a tattooer and multidisciplinary artist who crafts things and environs meant to empower others. Founding the Free Store Project in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, she has built a large network of community hubs in New York City to help bridge the economic gap. By sharing valuable resources, strangers become neighbors, helping to nurture and carry each other. She implores you to be the change you want to see in the world and reminds you that if you build it, they will come. Perfect. <laughs> that is exactly who I am. Well done. I love it. Well, that's what you sent me, so that's it's why I read truth. it. <laughs> Miles, we are we're so excited to have you on the show today. I think I may um, be my, more excited. Just saying. <laughs> well, that's great. No, because what what you've built is is so incredible. Um, I mean, when when you reached out, I mean, you're the first person to reach out to be on the show, which was so exciting. And then you sent me a link. I was like, oh, cool. What's this thing that Miles has been working on? And then I, I was like, what the? And, and it's incredible. And we're, we're going to get to all of that because, okay, I mean, a little foreshadowing. I mean, you started this in COVID and it has been featured on every news platform in New York uh, since 2020 and just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's really amazing. Um, but before we get to that, to kind of understand a little bit more about where it came from and why you got into it, can you tell us kind of what you were doing in 2018, 2019? I know you're a tattooer, have been for many, many years. And when we talked a little bit before this, you kind of explained to me, you know, you were, it's a very, it was very lonely and you were, you were wanting more community. So you made some changes in your own tattoo shop that kind of like, precluded to the free store project in a way. So can you kind of take us through a little bit about what was going on for you in 2018, 2019, what changes in yourself and then that you were already putting into place so that when the free store project kind of was birthed out of COVID, it makes more sense. Can you go a little bit into the year or two before what was going on for no. you? <laughs> <laughs> and end of and interview. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically for anyone who's listening and um, or anyone who's like come to this broadcast, they're going to be friends of ours. They're going to be our people, right? They're going to be like people that support other people doing things and making change and just like doing anything, something, right? To like find their voice and their truth. Like you two, like you guys were like, let's do this thing. The hardest thing for people, I think, when they have a creative idea is to start and to keep going when it mm. gets hard. Those are like the two yeah. things, right? Like, start, dude, I, I will tell you that like, and I'll get to the pre, pre thing for a free store. But when I started the free store, I was terrified because it was a crazy idea and all those things. And um, I thought it was a crazy idea. And I remember reaching out to people, finally did. And somebody was like, "I yeah, I'll help you. And I was like, oh, man, now I got to do it. <laughs> like, that's not the thing I can talk about anymore. Like, now I got to do it. I'm being held accountable. Um, like, for my back mm. history, I started tattooing. I started working in tattoo shops when I was 16. I didn't want to go to class because I was bored. I only wanted to go to art class. And, like, 
there was a really great bookstore named Quimby's. I grew up in Chicago. This is in the Wicker Park neighborhood. I would hang out at Quimby's most of the day or the tattoo shop. And they were like two doors down from each other. And there was like Kinko's right in between. So I would be like making little zines and like, um, you know, working in art. And like, that was my, my 50 foot radius, just back and forth and back and forth of like doing these things. <laughs> and I'd always had an interest in art. I always had an interest in tattoos. Be, uh, back in those days, we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> back in those days, you had to be 21 to get tattooed in the state of Illinois. And because it's a melanin, it was, like, really, like, I'm, like, it's ambiguous. Like, my age is ambiguous, you know? So, like, I just walked in that shop at 16, and they were like, okay, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe she's 21, maybe she's 18. <laughs> Getting tattoos uh, at that time gave me so much more freedom because I, I felt like mm. I could walk into places. And this tattoos weren't as popular back then. Like, yes, they were popular. Bikers had them. Other NBA, NBA stars had them, but the TV shows weren't out, so it wasn't socially acceptable. So a lot of people, like cashiers at the grocery store, for example, they thought I might be closer to 21. It gave me like a sense of kind of like, I, I want to say more agency. Uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool to have that kind of like power. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that in and out. It was always, always what I wanted to do was travel the world tattoo and i'd be doing that up until i want to until 2020 like you know like mm -hmm. up until 2020 i'd been fighting for so long in this industry like i a, a lot of the shops were predominantly white predominantly male i think for a long time i didn't know that i was like a black woman because i would act just like them and yell back at them and la -da -da -da, you know and then i'd get quickly corrected or fired <laughs> Like, you know, like <laughs> I moved to Philly in 2007 to work at a shop. I ended up just being a counter girl. I worked, I moved to, again, to Richmond to, to start a shop. We wanted to start an all black shop. Um, and I got there and he was like, never mind. I'm happy at my job. I don't want to start another shop. And I was like, you, mm. oh my God. Like I just moved, I just completely you know upended my life and came down here for this um and trump won while i was there so this was like 2016 and i was like i gotta get out of here dudes i gotta go like this was right before charlottesville right like and charlottesville is right mm. outside of richmond and richmond is full of people who live in charlottesville and come into richmond to work or vice versa it's just like I, I think it's almost as close as like Long Island in New York City. You know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of that attitude yeah. and like I was so uncomfortable. So the election results came in in November. I left by Christmas. I came up I came back up to New York to cat sit and I just never left. And I rebuilt yeah. everything from uh, finding stuff on the streets like for my tables and chairs and stuff like that. And like, um, I just rebuilt m my life because I brought everything down to Virginia because I was ready to open a tattoo shop of my own with this partner to serve my community. So like, I was ready, I was all in, you know, like multiple trips, like of my, like I was ready, mm. I was all in. So. Yeah, so I started over, and my love affair with finding stuff on the streets at 
it didn't start there and uh, it still clearly hasn't ended. But um, that uh, situation with him and just my overall experience with tattooing and it being such a competitive industry and uh, kind of like my favorite part of tattooing was like the art component, of course, but it was the people. It was getting to know their stories. It was, you know, learned like when people are in those chairs, they'll tell you anything, you know, it's like, it's almost like being a bartender or a stripper. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you build these like intimate relationships with people and they'll tell you anything and you feel so close to them and they want to like, reach back out and they're like, I found a new boyfriend or like, I, we, we got divorced. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they, they update you. It's, or maybe even a therapist, more so a stripper as you're performing a little service, but <laughs> yeah, um, when I came back from, and I came back after the election, this is 2016, 2017 to 2020, I was tattooing and, and shop in East Village. I moved out to Brooklyn to work with a, a woman artist. She owned a shop and there was more space and I could do more with it. Um, the boss before that was kind of like, he'd let me paint stuff, but like I couldn't move the scissors. The scissors had to be in a certain spot. And it was like, all these little rules that just drove mm -hmm. me insane. It was like, this is more effective. Here's a hook. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but um, it, it, it didn't work for me. Uh, so when I moved to that shop in Brooklyn, I had more space and I could do more things. And uh, we started a little tarot room within the shop because I wanted to, I had done, I, when I was in the East Village shop, I wanted to do things like that. I knew tarot readers. I knew other really beautiful, strong women that I wanted to work with, and they weren't directly in the in, uh, tattooing as their craft. I wanted them to share that space with me and, and bring new energy in, and it wasn't the home for that. Like, I, I fought against Homeboy, like, you know, like, uh, in, in all a myriad of ways, and I, I wanted to do, like, clothing drives, and I wanted to do all sorts of things. And then I finally found the space to do that. That was in Brooklyn. I still, even though I did that, and even though I hosted like little craft parties and like, you know, writing letters to prisoners, and I, I did all these things at that shop, it still, it still didn't feel like it was enough because it wasn't mine. Um, and I was still, it was, it's still competitive. There were still people coming in every day to work there or take my job, <laughs> you know, like, or it's just, it's just people, it, that community is very, very small. And, and, and I, I think as a general thing, it's like cutthroaty, you know, but it's just not my style. I just like want to do what I want to do. Um, and, and searching for a way to build and bridge that community in a way that felt like mine, I, I, I kind of like, outsourced or branched out and created a, a tarot room within the back of the New York City Quimby's, which is in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And I, I converted that space. There's so much that I can talk about and so much that I can say. So good luck editing this. But I, I, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's Miles, it's it's making so much sense that the free store project became what it's become for you because I can hear already just 
so much struggle for agency and like wanting to build what you envision in your head and such a strong drive of, of being of service. And you said writing letters to prisoners. I want to do a clothing drive. Like community is such a strong theme within like packing up everything to Richmond. Like I'm ready to come here and put down roots and build a community. And, and I, I think just, I think then just jump right into then. So then what happens because this makes so much sense now that free store project would become what it becomes for you. So maybe just jump right there into COVID hits. And and so you've set up this tarot shop um, in the back of your, in the uh, tattoo shop in Williamsburg. So COVID hits and, and just bring us right there of, of kind of the, the birthing of, of the free store project for you. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I will put the scissors where so I want. Well, yeah, that's, that should be my slogan is I will put the scissors where I want. Um, in, in building that, like the, the tarot room, I was branching out and away from tattooing. What I wanted to do was condense, mm-hmm. like because of the cutthroatness, because of the, the comp- competition, because of the like insulation. Oh my God, I put this on do not disturb. Um, because, or I'm not insulation, but isolation, I felt like I wanted to be able to kind of like condense the healing experience that I was, uh, so fond of within the, the Mm. experience of tattooing. So like I was mentioning before, Mm. when I'm hearing about people's lives and understanding like what's going on with them, like I realized that most of them just wanted a friend, you know, and like. In tattooing was or getting a tattoo was a way for them to have agency for them to go from renting their body to owning it for them to be able to just it's mm. true it's like for them to be like yeah. you know everything else seems out of control what can i control i can control my body and i can send this message i can write on my like on my wrist breathe right and i can remember to do that and i remember that so many people who were coming for tattoos were doing it in transitionary times and they needed power, they needed support. And I was there to provide that. And then I realized that I could do that with tarot readings. I could do that with just like one-on-one. I could do that with, and just condense it. So like the, the little, the, the little tarot room that was started in the tattoo shop, I brought to Quimby's. When I was in that tattoo shop, I also used to just find cool stuff on the street and paint it, sell it outside the tattoo shop. I wanted to have like street fairs, like this community thing and this like making the most of everything around me has been part of my DNA and part of my social practice and part of just what I do for a very long time. Starting the free store was, I still can't even believe that I'm here. Like, I still can't even believe that I've done it, done it. but um, what happened, well, what happened was, <laughs> pen, pandemic <laughs> hit, it was dark, I wasn't tattooing, I couldn't tattoo, like, laws prohibited it, I, but honestly, like, I had done a, a flash day with a group of women at a shop in Bushwick, and that was, like, March 9th, I want to say, and then March 12th was the shutdown. Or it was March 12th and March 15th with the shutdown. Either way, I thought that I was veering towards this new phase, this new chapter with this team of women. And I was going to be like working with them and, and whatever. And then done so, you know, and I had this, uh, 
I started reading tarot online on Zoom for people, but I was like making like ways around it, but like nobody had money. <laughs> I didn't have money. So it was like, I had to rethink everything. Like I, I couldn't get, wake up and hustle anymore. What, where am I, who am I hustling to? Like, we're all waiting on checks, mm-hmm. you know, like what it just seemed like. And then I was getting a check. So I was like, why am I hustling? Like, <laughs> okay, my base, like it just, it just, <laughs> it just shifted everything for me, you guys. Like Lexi, you, you read tarot. So it was like the hangman, you yep. know, for me. Yeah. It was like everything was falling. Same things from a new perspective. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. New perspective. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. 100%. The hangman is like having a new perspective, but it's like, Tomas, I don't know if you know this card. It's just like a dude hanging by so it's a dude hanging by like a tree like tree branch kind of like the hang in there kitty but he's like suspended from his foot and his legs are crossed and his face is calm and he's he's wearing like a jacket and the jacket's Mm -hmm. falling like down almost over his head and his arms are crossed and he's just chilling upside down and like yeah it's sort of emptied everything's falling out and he doesn't care and he's just like hanging from this tree, yeah. just watching people go, like watching the world go by. And he's just content. And like, mm-hmm. that was me. I was like contemplating my next move, not really like worried about what it would be. Like everything shifted for me. Definitely pockets emptied, you know, like, and I was just in this place. And then the the world around me as I started watching it, it was like George Floyd uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, like bad, bad, bad news. It was like, you know, every day was something new. Every day was like a law or a bill or something being signed that, you know, hurt us as, as a, as humanity, mm-hmm. like as Americans, like, yeah, it's like I, I, a bald eagle should be going across the screen right now, but like, <laughs> Dude, they were everything was being really everything was really divisive and we were like fighting against each other and it was like i don't know if you guys it was bad and i wanted to do something that could yeah. lift people and i wanted to do something with you know like to i there was a place on my walk to quimby's every day before the pandemic that was like there's always kids outside playing and they were like playing handball against this really busted wall that smelled terrible like and it was like right next to like a shooting gal. It was just like bad news, bad news. So like I wanted to reclaim that space and I wanted to give it back to people. And there was, um, there is still the Tenement Museum, which is on my block in the Lower East Side. They had boarded up their windows in case of like riots or something. And like the first couple of days, it was nice and clean. Then there was a cool little mural. And then every day I went by, there was like, like, like mean graffiti, like negative sayings and slogans and whatever and i was like all right something's got to be done about this because i don't want to walk past it anymore so in the same uh token of you know reclaiming that space in in brooklyn that i walked by where the kids are playing handball and reclaiming that space that's beneath my apartment pretty much i went to the the bar on the corner because they kept they had outdoor dining and cars kept running into it so like they they were always repairing oh, it and they were always fixing it. So there was like a stash of wood in their backyard that you could see from the outside. And I asked them for some wood. And then I went up and down the street and I asked my my friends who worked at the salon, I asked my friends who worked at the cafe. I was like, "Yo, Tuesday, I'm gonna do this thing. Bring me stuff." 
and like um, tell your coworkers. And like, I try not to get too much into specifics because I didn't really know how to explain it yet because there was nothing to show as an example. I couldn't say like, I'm going to do this, right? Like I had to be like, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. thing. Just trust me, bring me some stuff. And a lot of people had been home for a long time and were stuck in their apartments. So they'd been like doing deep cleans. There was, they definitely had stuff that they wanted to donate. A lot of shelters weren't taking donations because like, even though we were past the stage of washing our groceries, it still didn't seem safe to really share things so much. So I had friends who were like, Oh my God, I've cleaned my apartment three times. I've gone through my wardrobe four times and I have all these bags. I'll bring it. So I took the wood from the bar, some brackets I had at home, and the stuff that these friends had brought in, wrote a sign that said free store, and this was first outside the Tenement Museum, and just let go. I just watched. I just watched people come and go. Mm -hmm. I watched them take things. Some lady was like, how long are you going to be here? I'm going to go get some stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And then another lady came and she was like, I'm an artist and I was going to do this show. And the show can't close because they don't have a space. So I have all these t-shirts. I don't know what to do with them. And I was like, well, bring them here. So like it, it, the results were immediate. And I Mm. knew that there was no turning back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's like a total yes from the universe, you know? And like, really, it must've been such a cool feeling to see how it just, kind of easily came together that that cool feeling i will tell you it took me a while to get to that place right like i Mm. i had so many times like self-sabotaged you know or like i hadn't allowed myself to win i hadn't allowed myself to like see things through and i had a therapist once that was like well why don't you just see what happens if you try and I was like, I'll show you. Mm. I'll show you that if I try, no one's going to come. <laughs> I'll show you that everything that I tell myself is true. Like, but, you know, and then it worked. Mm. <laughs> like, like that, that example, like that thing that I wanted to do, I did. And people came and it was cool. And then some people didn't come and I was like, fine with it. So she showed me is what I'm trying to say, you know. And then I used yeah. that practice to enjoy that feeling that first day of the free store where I was like, oh, whoa, this is cool. And then there's this one guy who was like, what's the catch? Right. And I was like, no catch. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, really? What's the catch? And I was like, dude, if you don't take that and just go, I don't like, I cannot. <laughs> like, because he like wouldn't <laughs> let up. I'm like, dude, there's no cameras. I don't want you to sign up for a mobile service. Like, just take the shirt. It's a shirt. <laughs> go about your day, my just dude. Take it. Just wear it and We're go good. away. <laughs> like, you know. I think that's so it's it was such a New York kind of thing like this this you know what I mean but it was also just like that's I guess when you are on the receiving end for things usually you feel like there's a price to pay for it even if it's free so when I when I created this when I sorry I got you I got you when I created this I wanted to make sure that there wasn't that feeling I wanted to make sure that this was just an autonomous everybody has agency you can clean up you you can you can rearrange you can do whatever you want with the space it's public yeah it's it's very rare when true like altruism works you know and and just the way you describe like people coming up oh i have these shirts like 
the true altruism of like wanting to like, I just need to do something. I want to do something good and for that. Like, and I loved that just, Oh, getting the wood from the bar, going to the nail salon. Do you guys have stuff? Bring stuff, bring stuff. And just, it was always kind of need based community centric of service. Like I just need to do something and mm. just caught up in a perfect moment where everyone was like, I need to do something. I need to do something because the world is just a mess and I want to feel a purpose mm. and I want to bring something better. And, and, and that moment where you put all the, in that first moment where free store, right. And then not knowing what you just, were spawning and creating that was that was was that october 2020 when when was that okay yeah so that's october 2020 december 2020 you were already featured on cbs news eye on america and then new york one picks 11 nbc so like how does that go from i i get some wood at a bar i hang up a sign and i say free stuff free store people come and then <laughs> Two months later, you're featured on CBS News. Like, so from that moment of inception that just like, just came out of all of what you described and then you're featured on the news, like what, what happens for you in that moment? And and just how does the free store project, it it sounds like it just takes off from that moment. It does and it did. And like, um, the first the, uh, the first thing that came to me via like press, and by the way, like I never sent a press release. I've never reached out to any of these mm-hmm. outlets. They just found me. Because, like, and I want to go back to something you said, like, it's true altruism does work. I just don't think that it, like, the concept of true altruism works. I just don't think there's a lot of examples mm-hmm. of true altruism, right? So, like, actually trying to help people just to help people, that's fine. That's a fine and good, and, like, that's going to work. But, like, yeah, like there's just not a lot of examples of that purity. You know what I mean? Like, and and yeah, yeah we brought in all those people. Like, I get I had 200 volunteers at one point, and like I had never managed anything. So the first thing I managed was the high school or my sixth grade talent show. That was the first thing I managed. I co-managed it. <laughs> I think it was like Mr. Bartlett and Harold Fogel. Shout out to Harold. And then. The after Errol. that was the tarot room because that was my first experience hiring people, firing people, interviewing people, understanding what it means to build a team. And then with Free Store came what Free Store was, was I wrote Free Store and then I had an Instagram account. So then people reached out, news outlets reached out. They had a way and a point of contact. The first person or the first uh, journalist who reached out was from Curbed Magazine. And I will always have such a... Mm-hmm. Like a uh, place in my heart for that woman because like she was the first person to recognize like the the beauty of this project and she got it she understood it and like she um was asking me like like what's there what's wild what's or not what's wild but, like what's there and um there was all this like bondage gear at one and like flour like like half bags of flour and it was and like yarn so it was like people's like like <laughs> pandemic projects like that they just gave up on and then like this bunch of gear and I remember like posting the article and posting like a photo of it and like the girl whose gear it was was like that was mine and she was like so proud of me <laughs> and like because like these these stores are open 24 hours a day seven days a week and they're very visible like when you walk down the same street all the time or the same whatever like you you like and I picked dead areas right 
So when it's revived and there's shelves and flowers and, and, you know, it's bold now, people take notice. And we're in New York City, so I'm not surprised that journalists were able to find what we do, right? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, she was the first person to get it. And I remember telling her, like, I knew this would happen, meaning that I knew that people would respond well to it. Because, like, why would you? Who's going to be mad at free stuff? You know, like, it's a cool idea. And I knew that people would, would respond to it well. So that happened. And then it was like a, it was like a storm, dude. You know, like you, I just opened it. I just, it just kept, kept coming and coming and coming. The CBS thing was great. And I will tell you that there's been different times. Like this was a long progression. Like we have a whole list of all the press things and we have dated and whatever. You can kind of see like the wave of it and how, um, how response was like, I remember gearing up for CBS and being really excited about CBS. And then like, then, um, uh, we'd shot, we filmed, they'd edited, it, it was ready to go, and then Ukraine. CBS was pretty mm. recent, and then I was like, oh, "Yeah, like I don't know how to like this. It's it's like I'm gonna have to wait for that to come around, right? And like that will come around when it's when it will, and then we'll we'll gain because the CBS was national, so something that was like local, and like we still had people reaching out to us from like Indiana, Pennsylvania, Miami, whatever, and we'd send them handbooks and teach them how to do this." But then when we did the national thing, it was like explosion, like inbox full, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's what I wanted. That's why I created this because what I wanted to do was inspire others to do the same thing because I, I, I did it, you know, if I could do it, then they could do it. So that's the goal is to get these all over America, all over the world. Really. We, I had a volunteer in Taiwan, you guys. She was just like, yeah, she was like, I want to do this project. What can I do? I'm a graphic designer. And then we gave her like ideas for flyers. And it was like, yo, how cool is that? You know? That's That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. I mean, how did this team grow, Miles? Like, can you can you kind of walk us through like how it started? It was kind of just you and did it did people come on board quickly? How did it how did it how did the ball get rolling so so fast? If you build it, they will come. Legit legit for honestly like I thought it was just going to be me like because I went I wanted a sense of purpose I wanted to do this every day yeah like and I had tons of stuff in my apartment anyway because I was had a little you know love getting stuff so like I and there was stuff everywhere outside (laughs) because people were leaving going back to Ohio or wherever they were from and they were just leaving everything right so when I started this I thought that I was going to fill the shelves alone every day I thought that I was going to go clean it twice a day alone every day. This was my reason for waking up in the morning. This is my, my whole thing. Like what else was I going to do with my time? Right? Like, so I was fully prepared to take this on by myself. And, but I did have an Instagram and I had an email account and I wrote those on, on the shelves and then people reached out. And the same with that first day when I did it the first time, there was people that were like, do you want help? How can I help you? And I was like, I don't know yet. We've been open for an hour. I'll tell you, I'll circle back, you know? Um, but people, they would either like help and, and reach out um, and ask if they could be a part of like the team or they would just do stuff. Like everybody would come and donate and, and come and go or they'd come and clean. And, and so like, and, 
we just people just kept reaching out either it was like via email or uh instagram and then i put everybody into like everybody came to a slack and we had like a channel and then we could send mm. updates to each other and like take a photo of the store show what was going on and it was so cool during the day to see it in real time you know like to see like the mm-hmm. like this lamp was here now it's gone this was full of clothes now they're gone yeah oh it was empty now it's full of clothes again it was like whoa like you get evidence like you could see it transition so that was really bad so that's how the ball got rolling it was just starting and then it just picked up momentum and speed and and miles can you go into because i'm i'm realizing i know exactly what because I've, I've done a lot of research on it but it's a little bit ambiguous to people who might be listening because can you tell us literally like what the free store project so it's a bunch of kiosks right and what started as hey can i get some wood behind your bar you've developed into now uh, you know that's that's the best word for it is is a, is a repeatable kiosk and you have a manual and it's almost like you set up like franchisees of like a, a community volunteer leader who is then responsible or you guys help and develop and it, it literally is like I've said the word kiosk four times now, but it's a kiosk. So it's like there are shelves, you've built roofs, you experimented with, you know, these are 24 seven, these live out in, you know, renewed spaces. So there's tarps and shower curtains to keep the elements out. You have uh, books. Uh, If you've ever seen like, it's almost like a mini street fair house hub all in one. Like you walk by and you're like, what is happening here? And there's there's lamps, there's bondage gear, there's books, there's a toiletry pro- project, there's half bags of flour. So it's literally like a a dollar store, every every specialty store, like unique to the neighborhood and the vibrancy of the community. Because from what I understand, and this is what I want to get you to go into the community sustains it so it's going to have an identity of the community because people from that you know two three four five blocks from that that kiosk are donating to it so other members of the community hey i, I could use some some extra diapers for my kids and then go to the, the free store and get diapers uh at, at the kiosk so can you kind of walk us through like literally what this looks like and then the um the symbiote the symbiotic like nature of, 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 of how these continue to, to keep working. And then, and then like this started as free store and tell us like, so how many are there now? Right. Cause these are all over They're They're in every borough at least, I think. So, right. Like when it's a lot it's of okay. questions, I got all the answers. <laughs> I got, I read the book. <laughs> like, so they started with the, like you said, like those shelves that were taken from the wood from the thing. And then like all of this has grown is grown through experience and also just like means so like i found a half moon table on the street one day and then i put brackets underneath that and then that was a free store does this make sense like and then i just mm-hmm. put that up on, yeah. on metropolitan and marcy and then i i took a crate and i zip tied it to the fence and that was a free store and then it turned into two crates and then mm-hmm. i covered those two crates with an ikea bag like i just kept responding to the need like so uh you could yeah. see the the growth if you go on our instagram you could see the growth even in the in the highlights if you look at williamsburg store you can see that it was a shelf then you can see that it was like all dialed like dolled up to the nines like uh it just grew and i and i kept changing it and it kept evolving to meet the needs of the neighborhood so like 
Crest Hardware, mm-hmm. they were remodeling a part of their store, so they gave us a bunch of displays, empty displays. So we use that in different parts. The the roof at I picked up site in Greenpoint because it had an overhang. It had like a like a shelter roof thing, and it was the worst thing ever because like what would happen was it would rain, <laughs> and then all the water would collect in the roof, and then it would come down the next mm-hmm. day. So it's bright and vibrant and shiny in the world. And then underneath this roof thing in the free store, it's soaking wet. Like it was, dude. So then I had, then when you mentioned the tarps and the shower curtains, like I had to keep changing it. And the, the roof for Greenpoint, I had to put a tarp roof underneath it. You, do you know Natalie, our friend Natalie? You probably know her. She's awesome. She helped me out a lot in the beginning. And the two of us were like, I had an idea to attach the tarp to the existing roof roof that was at the on the structure. So mm-hmm. me and her like throwing wire over from one side to the other, like trying to get it up. Like I went up on the ladder and the ladder fell out from under me. Like this is all trial and error. And when you use the word experiment, yeah. that's what this was. So perfecting it and getting it to yeah. the place like uh, an architect started volunteering with us. And then another architect wow. started volunteering with us. And like when we built the one for PS18, a lawyer volunteered with us. And that lawyer was like, do you want to be a nonprofit? And I was like, what's that? You know? <laughs> and then we worked together to like draft bylaws. And I'm like, this is happening. This is happening. You yeah. know? And with the, now the kiosks and the way they are is we've, we've kind of perfected it. I've gotten to a place now mm-hmm. like where I know what's going to work and what's not. People will continue to surprise me. Weather won't, you know, but like the, it's just like that right now we have a location in the Lower East Side and the shower curtains keep getting stolen. They used to get stolen at a lot of the different locations because unhoused for the most part would keep them to like you know, a shelter or protector or protect, mm-hmm. protection for themselves for the elements. And then you'd be like, man, that's going to like, cause then all the clothes get wet, all the books get wet. Right. And like one of the special things like you'd mentioned about the contents of the store representing the neighborhood is like when you're in Greenpoint, you see like these Polish cookbooks or like a message falls out from a frame of like a crocheted picture. And it's in this like, like different languages and stuff like that. Like it's, you get to be kind of a voyeur into, you know, the, the neighborhood and, and, um, the people who donate and the Greenpoint store was our busiest store because it was right next to all these doctor's offices. So there were people who took two or three trains and buses in. So they would make it a point to go to the free store and they relied on it. And especially parents because kids grow out of clothes so fast to have this as a resource for them was super, is super important, you know, and we want to rebuild a lot of the locations that closed locations closed because of progress. I did this stuff without permission. I was like, there's a wall. I got wood. It's mine now. Right. So like when the building sold or there was, you know, construction or whatever, like no more free store. What I'm trying to do now is rebuild. And we do have those handbooks, like you mentioned in those materials. So if anybody wants to build one, we'll send them out. Here you go. Here's the thing. And here's a blueprint, you know, and um, we're working to perfect the blueprint and, uh, our goal now is to team up with NYCHA. I started talks with them. Uh, they have, there's a, 
That's a uh, New York New York City Housing Authority, right? New York City Housing Authority. Yeah. They have 331 complexes throughout all five boroughs. We have, or have had at some point, like 17 free stores within five boroughs. So it's like 17, 331, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but like we've done some, we've done one collaboration with uh, Frederick Douglass Houses, which is not for West Side. And what we saw was yep. like, what we saw was what we wanted, which was that marriage, dude. You know what I mean? Maybe like that, like the, that woman from the tennis association who runs community center she was like maybe bringing us some good stuff <laughs> you know like people who would have walked <laughs> around that building and had been walking around that building to get to the train for a very long time we're now purposely cutting through and we're now purposely bringing things mm. we did that and like right now I'm, mm. I'm i've reconnected with those same architects i'm driving them crazy Cause I'm like, let's do that, but like we, 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 you know, we've, we got it. We got a formula now in a system. What started as it's an experiment. You have an hypothesis, you know what I mean? And then you try it a bunch of different times and you figure out what works and like you go from there. And that's where I'm at. It's just going from there. And I, I've always believed in to start with what you have, you work with what you have, start with where you are. Right. And with this, like, I'm in talks with them. I'm terrified. 331 is a lot. What, like, I'm terrified. We're starting with four. Four is a lot. No, it's not a lot. But, like, four <laughs> good ones is a lot, right? Four of me finding half yeah. moon tables, that's different. I could do that all day, right? But I want to build something that lasts. And But I'm, I know I can, and I'm not scared anymore. It's like, It's beautiful to hear this, like, deep belief and almost like a mission and you so like believe it deep inside that it feels like it doesn't matter what else happens like you feel so strong within that this is going to be birthed no matter what you know and it's and it's happening right now which is it's really beautiful i mean and and also rare you know really rare to have such conviction over something you really believe in so like to the people listening, I think like that's something really important to take in is that despite obstacles, you just still proceed, you know, I think it's really beautiful. That's what I was saying that the, at the beginning of this, it's hard to start and it's hard to keep going. There's been plenty of yeah. disappointments. There's been plenty of times where I've reached into sure. something and been like, what, why would you leave this here? You know, like, then, like, you know, there's been other things like, it's but you just keep going and i think that's the hardest part for a lot of people you know and and imagine if i didn't wake up that day. miles can you sorry i was like 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 you met like that day when i told everybody to come on tuesday <laughs> like what if i got scared and i didn't do it like what if i was like oh i meant i meant thursday you know what i mean which is something i would have done like four years ago or something or probably a lot longer ago but you know what i mean yeah right? yeah but you didn't you didn't and and Miles, you you said it at the beginning, and you just said it again. But I mean, it it could have been so easy to give up at yeah. any one of these points. Like the the shower curtains keep getting, they took down another store. Like I I can't do this anymore. Right. I can't do it's this tiring. anymore. Tiring. It's hard. It's got to be hard work. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and and I just. I, I want, cause you said so beautifully, like the hardest part is just starting. Like what if I didn't wake up that day, you know, and, and go do it. And then how do you keep going? How do you take those hits and, 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 and get through it? 
you know, all the every every one of these challenges could just be a great excuse to be like, okay, I've done a lot. I'm gonna give up. I'm gonna let someone else do this. What do you do in those tough times to not quit? I wish I'd gone to therapy, but I didn't. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> like looking back, I really wish I did, you know? But like what I did like so there was one location that got taken down I think it was like twice. Oh, I have a better. So there's one location that got taken down. The the landlord. Oh my god, he was a nightmare. Um, he one of the one of the sides of it was um, was suspended by rope. I just thought it would look cool. Plus, I only had rope. I was I ran out of wood, so I suspended it by <laughs> rope. That dude cut it. He cut it, so it fell. Like, and then all the contents fell on the ground and stuff like that. He was the landlord, you know, in the building. He was never there. That building, I looked it up like in the the Google Earth image or whatever. It was from like 2011, and it was just as decrepit as it was when I turned it into a free store. Like, and when I would go to the free store before mm-hmm. he cut it down, he would pretend to be on the phone with the cops. Like he would just be like trying to intimidate me to make me like leave or give up on it. So one night he cut it down. All the contents of the store fell. So the next day. Uh, somebody messaged me on Instagram and like sent me a picture and there was like, you know, vases and candles and stuff that were like broken and glass and everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, the kids play there. Like the, op- this is the opposite of what I wanted. Right. Was to like make the space look better. So mm-hmm. we were, we were up at a church cleaning out the church basement because they were about to donate a, bu- a, ch- a bunch or they were donating us a bunch of stuff. And we were like, all right, well, we're going to go down there. We're going to rebuild. I had my tools in the back seat. We go down there and we pull up all the dudes who play dominoes from across the street. They were, they had their ladders out. They had their tools out. They had like beer flowing in their cups. They had music blaring and they were fixing the store. (laughs) And like, I like rolled up and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. My heart, you know? And like, they'd fix Mm. the store better than I would had done. Like (laughs) it was like industrial stuff. Like they had, and they were like, we got you, mommy. And I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> dude, that's that. how you keep going, you know? And like, yeah. there was one store, it's on Newton. It got taken down, I think twice. I'm going to say twice. I'm not sure. Um, and I remember just being like deaded because like, I I was like, not today, Satan. Like, I'm going to go replace. Like, what else, it was, what else was I going to do, right? Like, what else was mm-hmm. I going to do? I'd already had momentum. I already had some supplies left over. And the, these people, people, not these people, people count on these things. You know, like, there was this, like, older woman, or she still is there, but <laughs> there is an older woman in that neighborhood who, like, made signs for us, like, just because she wanted to. Like, I gave her something to do. I gave her a source of pride. Like, I gave her, like, she claimed that. But her best friend claimed it a little bit too much. <laughs> we'll say that. But like, <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to be like the system lets people down. People can let people down. But I know, like I, this was started because of the the terrible news and the terrible events. Like I didn't want to be another source of disappointment. I wanted people to see me fighting mm-hmm. for it. I wanted to see like. I wanted kids to see me fight for this. You know what I mean? Like I want, I'm doing it for them. And I think that it's important that I keep trying. And like, 
again, what it was maybe this was a Wednesday. What was I doing that Wednesday that I couldn't just replace the store? So I did. Like it is hard to keep going. Everything's hard. Everything. You just have to look for yeah. the, the silver lining, yeah. you know? But it's when you mm-hmm. like that whole like if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. That's a lie. <laughs> like you'll work harder than you ever have, but you'll feel so good doing it. You know, like when I came home and I was tired and I yeah. had, you know, like cuts everywhere and like my, you know, whatever, like I was so pleased and proud of myself, like not because of external things, but because I did it, you know, because I'm not, because I didn't bail because maybe what that therapist said, like, like sunk in me, like, what would you, what would happen if you tried? I still live mm. by that and um, I like to see it and I like to keep pushing myself. But next time, I'm going to get a therapist. <laughs> I wish no support. Uh, but yeah, that's my, that's my answer to that. What do you, do you, do you guys, do you guys get to, yeah. what do you do? What do you do when you're, when you're up against the wall? We're here to learn about you and kind of, you know, pick, pick your brain. This is, this is, you know, we chime in about us if it's relevant, but this is so, this is very different, I think, from what both Tomas and I do. I mean, we always we we both like to be in service as well, but in 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 very different ways from this. I mean, it just is so. I'm getting the word pure. It's just. I mean, I think I think you said that earlier. It just is so pure and like just like giving for the. And there isn't enough of that. I think you're so right. There is not enough of just pure giving and like giving for the sake of giving. And like this, also this attitude of abundance. Um, I talk about this all the time. Tomas is probably like, oh, abundance again. But hey, like- we, we love abundance. We love Lexi. abundance. But get like in there. giving, <laughs> when you give freely, you get more. It's just, it's like, a, it's like a simple concept that many people don't understand. And, and you know, it if it's openly given, you just get so much back in unexpected ways, you know? And that's just, so much of what this sounds like. It's a gift. It's a gift to so many people. Like I, the energy around it feels so, so vibrant. People are coming to it. And like, I, one of the things with the, my volunteers and, and people that helped me and my team and everybody who got involved is I never put anybody in a position where they would fail. Right. Like I always was able to like, um, like mostly most of the people who come to the project, like, they don't have a lot of freedom maybe in their own job. And here I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What do you like to do? Okay, cool. You want to do that? Like I'm, I'm giving them opportunities to thrive and be part of. So then they bring that excited energy. They're not coming to bumped, right? They're not coming like, oh man, I got to go to the free store again because Miles needs me to fold. Like, they're like, I love clothes. I hate, I hate clothes. I hate dealing with them. Like, I mean, I, I wear them. <laughs> I have to, but like, I'm not like the, like, I worked in set design and I worked in retail display and like, we were like, I think I've been traumatized. Mm-hmm. Cause like the stylist team would be like, don't touch the mannequins. That's ours. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm just putting this bubble or this balloon up, you know, or whatever it was that we were doing. Like, um, but like, I didn't like like the clothing aspect of it, but then there were people who were like merchandise Kings and Queens. Right. And I was like, do you boo? Like, I would never make them, like, haul stuff if they're good. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I put everyone in positions to win so they would bring that energy to the project. Yeah. And, like, 
that's that's yeah. how I think it, it, it works and that's why I think it's pure and that's why I think people get excited about it. And if they didn't want to be on the Slack, cool. They didn't want to do the check-ins, cool. Like I I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I want somebody to want to be there. I want someone to want to be a part of it. I wasn't trying to like overly, you know, micromanage their experience. And when it comes to the mm-hmm. um like the handbook and stuff, like someone suggested that. She was like, can I just start, start putting some stories together? Yeah. Oh, can I add something to it? Yeah. You know, like everything just happened like yeah. purely, be, like we developed like mentors, like volunteer mentors that would teach the new ones that would come in, like what to do. And then it was like this community. And then, you know, like you would volunteers to see each other at the grocery store and be like, yo, yo, you know, like we connect. There was, you guys. Yeah. There was two women who lived in the same building across the street from Newton's door. They lived in the same building for four years and had never said hello to each other, never met each other. And then they like met at the store when they were like fixing books, you know, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. And then at the Williams or the Williamsburg one, the one on South second, there was a woman named Maria. And on Sunday night, she'd make dinner and put the leftovers in Tupperware. And Monday morning, there would be people waiting because they knew that she was on her way to work and she was dropping it off. And then like Tuesday, like, you know what I mean? And they'd get her leftovers. And then Tuesday, they'd bring back the Tupperware, like washed for her. And the cycle would continue. And all I did was put up some shelves and then put a shower curtain in front of it. You know? Like, this is, this is, you welcomed it. Yeah. And you were, you welcomed it all and you didn't try to control anything. It doesn't sound like you were trying to force or control. It was like you were welcoming the changes, going with it, embracing what other people wanted to contribute. It sounded like just also like the openness seemed to help it grow even more quickly being open to what other people could bring. And even more than that, I mean, what's so clear to me is what these these kiosks, the free store, what you've created in these communities is is a beacon and a bridge and, yeah. and a massive force of empowerment for people to take ownership, for people to make it their yeah. own. Like these these gentlemen, you know, the the Domino's gentlemen then going and and you've given people a source of pride and and, and individuality too to like because each free store is so so uniquely the personality of the community and what's so amazing about that is you really have set up this framework for something that can you just have to find like a miles in in a community like who's the miles here and then the other (laughs) the other people like miles you know not all of it but you know and then the other people will like you know and people will make that the sacrifice of what they can and the time they can and, and, and where they're, you know, it's just like, if you give people the space and opportunity to be of service and, and, and to do something good, we will do it. Like, I believe in, I believe in the good of humanity, but like, give us an opportunity to show our true colors and, and we might surprise you. And you've given people that opportunity. And, um, and I kind of want to get into miles because so you have these manuals, you have like, hey, here's how you build a free store kiosk. So so what's the big next step? Because yeah. what's very obvious to me is this will go and continue to grow as as long as it wants, like, or, and just keep going and, you know, with you as the driving force. But what are the next big steps for you? Is this, 
um, kind of taking this to other states and other communities and trying to like start a hub here and there and there? Like, what's the next big step uh, for you in the organization? Well, um, similar to what you said about like finding a me is like, uh, they find me. Like they take, they've taken what we've done and some have, some have mm-hmm. downloaded our guide, some haven't, they'll tag us and they'll be like, or they'll DM us and they'll be like, look what we did. And it'll be like a free store. There was a free store that a bunch of Burning Man dudes made. I think it's called like free, free store, burning free <laughs> store. Like there's like a free store that's like a pantry and like outside of Philadelphia, which is like literally just like a, I think it's an Ikea armoire that they like weather sealed and, and mm. lined with maybe a tarp. Like people are adapting this idea to meet their own needs and then they're just doing it. So it's like, I am, I'm just offering the tools and then they can just go and run with it because I learned, I mean, I, trust me, I tried to control this and there was no way, there was no way, there's no way to like, you know, um, yeah. There's no way. Like, it was, there was, um, I've been yelled at, like, when I've gone to the store for, like, putting something in the wrong place. Like, people take real ownership of this. I'm serious. Like, one time I was trying to fix it, some lady was like, what are you doing? And I was like, whoa, like, I'm fixing it. She's like, oh, all right, cool. And I was like, yeah, you yell at somebody else, not me. When they do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then there was like, I put shoes, like we had one volunteer who was like, so I want to do, I don't know if he asked or he just did, but he, he rearranged the store. He was like, he saw a need. He saw that books were falling from this high shelf. So he started putting shoes there. And once he started putting shoes there, other people started to file or follow suit. And I think that like later on, maybe like a month or two later, I was putting a shoes, I was taking shoes out of a bag and putting them like just down. And some lady was like, ah, they go there. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, thank you. You know, (laughs) like, it's like, this really does. Just the CEO here, but whatever you say. (laughs) It was was, like infuriating and awesome at the same time. Because like, I did, I did a low profile because like, I, there were volunteers who were like um, and teammates or whatever, and like they'd they'd be very mindful of trying to give me the credit that they thought was due when somebody would ask something. So they're like, "Oh, just ask her; she started it." And I'd be like, "No," because like the question <laughs> that would always follow is like, as soon as someone did that, someone would be like, "Oh, cool," and they pick up a lamp and they'll be like, "Does this work?" And I'm like, "I don't know. We just got here at the same time. Like, I don't, I don't know where." came from just because i built this doesn't mean that i have I like i control the inventory right and i wanted to have a low profile so i could just be there maybe i could like hear what people were responding and it'd be more natural but then once they knew it was me it'd be different so like i tried to keep a low profile um and i it's just you know it is what it is but our next step is nycha our next step is working through the next right. series of meetings building the first four learning, growing with it. We want to rent a space. We want to rent a space so we can work on some prototypes. We want to make sure that the the next iteration is perfect. It's something that can grow with them. rent a space like a like a warehouse space to workshop we want to rent a uh ideas yeah, and stuff. We want to rent a workshop. I don't know if I'm limiting myself, but like we don't have a lot of funds. So like maybe like something like bodega size mm-hmm. or something where we can like create a free store and kind of live with it for a second and figure out what's going to work and what's going to be effective. So we can actually make 
a scalable model. You know, like maybe like an IKEA, yeah. like book, 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 free store, right? And then it's something that, like, because of the experience that I've had, because of understanding, like, you know, shower curtains are gone and and what kind of works. By the way, the shower curtain fix seems to be slicing them, kind of like a deli freezer. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like plastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That seems to work because what you're going to take all the strips? Like, what are you going to do with that? You know? So we've been, I've been doing that (laughs) at the, the Lower East Side one and it seems to work. So that's been, it's always evolving to meet the needs of the community. And yeah. one thing too is the longer that free stores exist within a neighborhood, the more people start to understand that they're not going to be taken away, the more often they don't take the shower curtains because they know that the stuff they need is going to be behind it and ruined if they do so. Or some lady will yell at them and be like, don't take them. Yeah. So both of those things happen, but it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Lexi, did you have something? Uh, Well, I I also (laughs) asked about, you know, what's next for it. And you you talked about NYCHA. Um, Is there anything else on the horizon in terms of like, like what, 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 what is, what do you really, what would be your dream version of this? Do you know, are you kind of just rolling with it or have you thought about like bigger, what, what you, you know, would want for the free store? Of this would be to get a warehouse, like Tomas says. Like I know that I'm saying, like what he said. Like I want yeah. a big space, and I want to be able to prototype different versions of this structure of this kiosk that can be shipped out or modeled out. Like they'll still change and grow and yeah. evolve with the neighborhood. They'll still be, you know, whatever. I just, but I would like them to be easy. I would like, you know, when somebody in Des Moines hits me up. And like, maybe that person doesn't have a meet, right? And doesn't have like a couple of volunteers. It's, it's hard. It's hard. You know how many friends like stop answering my calls like two months into this? Cause they were like, I got to haul what from where, you know? Like if yeah. I could just put uh-huh. together something and ship it out in a box, right? And then they can pop it up and then like, like, I, I, I won that award, that circularity award, and this woman came up to me and she was like, I'm really interested in, in building a free store, but it's just me. And I'm like, dude, just start, I promise you. Like, and I told her that my friends stopped picking up my calls, but then I just got new friends. <laughs> the people who, I mean by new friends, by new volunteers, the people who responded to the project were responding to the project. They were invested in it growing. So like, they picked yeah. up my calls, right? Like, and that's what I was telling this woman too. I was like, if you start it, you will find people, they will find you. They will be so happy that this is there, that they will have your back. Trust me. You know? So like I can send out guides all day, but if that person on the other end doesn't have, you know, four of me, right. To like build it that then who knows if it'll get done. So I would like to create uh, a prototype that I can ship out. I would like our Slack to grow. So we can have different networks. So if someone from Des Moines emails me and then someone else in Des Moines emails me, I can be like, hey, you too. And that's kind of what I've done. I did like little mini group emails so people could like meet together because I know how hard this is to do alone because I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Miles, just because you're kind of getting into it right there, if anyone is listening to this podcast and is really inspired to be like, oh my, this is amazing. I want to I want to do this in my community. What is the best way to go about that is it on the website emailing you like i 
they haven't they, they want to do this in their community in some way uh what's the best way to kind of through you guys and, and your help and, and guidance and what you guys offer what's the best way for someone to follow through there's a on contact form on the website started? um and it comes i think automatically the response is like thank you for your inquiry if you're interested in our how-to handbook here's the link below so that comes to them, but there's also an opportunity where they can send me a direct message. So if there are specific questions, they can ask that. And then um, uh, I would like them, what I would like is, like I said, building the Slack. So we have this like team so you can like be on the Slack and see a free store in Miami, scroll a little bit, see one in Portland, Portugal, you know, like that's what I want. Like That's what I would love to see is that's this awesome. grow and expand and have a community of people that care about reducing waste because what was great about having multiple locations at one time was we could share advice. If someone was like, man, we keep getting baby seats or car seats over here. What should we do? Someone else was like, oh, donate them to Little Essentials. And I was like, boom, done. You know, like, so we find these new routes through each other. And it was all these people that were not my friends who were unwilling. <laughs> they were like, they, they were people <laughs> who wanted to do this, who care about circularity, who care about the planet or people or whatever aspect they came into this project for they were able to do that and they were able to be channels for it. So if somebody's interested, who's listening to this podcast and wants to start one in the community, send us an email. Like you can do the contact form, um, follow us on Instagram and just keep up with what we do. And you know, it's, I'll get back to you actually really quickly. Um, so yeah, like that's the best way to do it. I want to see these everywhere, Perfect. you know, and if there's anyone yeah. who's interested in, and cause, I don't know when this will air, so to speak, you know, so like, we'll, who knows where we'll be at then, but like, come bring me coffee, come recommend me a therapist, I don't know, like, <laughs> Miles, and can you, I, uh, just like, just a couple more, I mean, one, one big, because you've mentioned it, and I wanted to, and this is so cool, your, you and your organization, the Free Store Project, won, you were chosen as the 2023 Circular Circularity Champion, which was awarded by Barnard College, Columbia Climate School, and the Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine. So, can you and and this uh, ceremony was like a week or two ago, right? Just just happened. So, can you kind of tell us about how that came to be and more of like what, just a little bit more about that? Because I've also seen from you, you speak in the city on a lot of panels about uh resiliency and sustainability and that's such a big piece of the free store project is like hey what are you what are you not using that someone else can use and that's just this this circular circularity if you will um of of, of reducing waste and and that's you know we need that so can you kind of talk a little bit about you know what that was and how that came to be with um the uh 2023 circularity absolutely award? I mean, it was an honor to be chosen for this. And what was really cool was not only was I chosen, but nominees for this was from the public. I didn't even know, like, mm. like same with the press. I didn't reach out. Like, this was public. The public nominated us. And then I went to the website and I saw our picture on it. And I was like, oh, all right. Okay. I guess. Do I have to do this? <laughs> I was like, it seems like we're already in it with us. So. Yeah, I didn't even know Columbia Climate School existed. New Columbia existed, but I didn't even know they had a specific. I have a GED, right? So to walk across that stage at Barnard and tell people about what it is that I'm doing, show people what I'm doing is absolutely incredible. You know, like 
Um, but yeah, it was circu the circular economy is this thing where people share, reuse, reduce, you know, and like the free store takes it a little bit more by like restoring communities and creating resiliency. Like it's also called solidarity economy. There's different words for it, but now it's actually getting the credit that it deserves and the attention and bless Barnard for giving us this platform because it legitimizes what we do. It's not just like running around and composting and, and scavenging trash. It's like saving the planet, you know, because there's so much stuff that's out there, so much stuff that's produced. We don't need it. I mean, like if you go and buy nothing, like, or you walk around the city, how many mirrors do you see? And when you're walking down the street, you know what I mean? Like there are so many mirrors already. Some of them aren't even broken. Most of them aren't even broken, honestly. Like, so why are we still producing so much stuff when we have so much stuff? You've been to a dollar store, right? Yeah. You've been to a dollar store. Like you've seen the amount of stuff, dude. Yeah. And like, you know, they have back stock of that stuff. Like it's, it's absurd. So being able to share these things instead of like buying new and participating in, in, in more like production of like wasteful plastics and stuff like that. Like I could go on forever, but there's no need. Like we all understand what the problem is, but now we, there's a very simple solution for it. Like I got printer ink from some dude the other day, like I'll buy nothing or something. It's like, I don't know, we, we can do our part and it's small and free stores create those things. And this is the, this was the first ever circularity day. Like this is the first one and I was nominated and I won. And then it's going to be a, a year, a yearly thing. So hopefully I win next year too. <laughs> it, like, it's cool to be celebrated on this platform. Does it come with, with a grant and funding? I wish, dude, I wish it came with a scholarship. <laughs> I, wanted to go, I wanted to go to law school, yeah. dude. I wish it came with a scholarship or something. I should have asked, but I'll follow up with an email later. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is really important yeah. because there was a lot of people not our people, but a lot of people who thought like what I was doing was just for the pandemic, right? They're like, pandemic's over. What's wrong? It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Like there was problems before the pandemic. There's going to be problems long after. So like, and this also goes, harkens to the not giving up part, right? Because their, their response changed, volunteerism dropped, people like the team was both, like people went back to work. They were like, I don't know, like, and then for Barnard to like swoop in and be like, good job was like, whoa, cool. You know, like, uh, just don't give up. Don't quit before the miracle happens, as they say. But like, it was like so rad, dude, to like get that. And Mark Levine is awesome. Like as like a, like a politician, like I thought he was really funny and charismatic, you know, and a lot of them aren't, <laughs> but like, yeah. I like that he he seems to have a vested interest in the environment. We'll see. I'm definitely going to talk to him very soon. I am running for district leader of the Lower East Side. So Woo! that's what I'm doing at the end of his. Is this your first official uh, announcement on a platform? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> right now I'm just petitioning. So it's a couple of things. You have to petition, you have to get enough public support that you're actually on the ballot. Then when I'm on the ballot, I'm officially running. But I remember Mark Levine at the end of his speech is like when he was uh, kind of closing out the ceremony was like encouraging us as circularity champions and leaders to get more involved in the government and, and on the city level, you know? And I remember looking around and we were yeah. like, 
kidding me? Like we do a lot. <laughs> like, <we're crazy. laughs> but like this is an opportunity within the government, within the structure, within the the poli- the arena of politics to do more and have more of a platform, more of a voice to you know implement composting and do tons of cool stuff and you know celebrate the the joy of the free store and community. So I think it's a perfect position for me. I'm very excited about the, the challenges that lie ahead mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not a politician. I'm a person. And I think that that's going to work for me, not against me. You know, like you can't like, look at my, like, I don't, I have a GED, like I said, but Barnard said I'm cool. So, you know, like <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. Barnard said I'm cool. Vote for me. I mean, you can't like look at, look at my, Look at my, my work speaks for itself. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not coming in here making yeah. promises that I'm all of a sudden going to be someone I'm not. I'm coming in saying like, this is who I am. This is what I do. If like I'm not chosen for office, then that's like I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but I'm not chosen. <laughs> no, Miles. It's um. This is this is amazing. I mean, why we were so excited about having you on. I mean, even learning more and more, you know, in, in this, in this interview with you today is, is truly, you know, the cheesiest of lines of like, if you build it, they will come. But like your story cannot be more of a manifestation of that, of, I see something and I got to do something. And, you know, fast forward, you know, it's October, 2020, fast forward to March of 2023. And it's incredible. Um, what you've built and what you've given opportunity for others to be invested in. And there's no sign of it stopping anytime soon, Yeah, you know, and it just open like to what comes, you know, I just, you know, and like, cause it, it seemed like you didn't have any expectation. You just did it because you wanted to do it. And that's, and, you know, and I feel like that's been such, it's, it's, it's such, it's been such a, it's, it's, I think it speaks for itself. I mean, what it's able to lead to being present and just doing what you need to do in the moment and just, you know, following that and not trying to put too many constraints on it. And I'm running because I want to do it. You know, I'm running. I'm running also because somebody told me I can't. (laughs) So I was like, oh, really? (laughs) You? (laughs) It's the same thing. It's like, I can like there's no there's nothing more important than getting um than being an example and like you said like I built this thing so that other people could could find their voice and find their power like I think a lot of us maybe even culturally it's like we wait for somebody else to do it and then we're like then we'll get behind it you know I don't think a lot of us are are taught or or groomed I think to be like yeah I can do anything like we say that when you're a kid and then it kind of gets beat out of you by the time you're an adult right and I think that what I am is an example yeah. that yeah you can do anything yeah no it's 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 really good Miles uh, this is this is yeah you're a rock star I already yeah. knew you were a rock star but this is just uh this was so awesome <laughs> And I know you're going to inspire people from from who who are listening. I mean, it's just how could you not? I mean, making really the definition of making something from absolutely nothing, you know. And it's it's really inspiring. You, yeah. you thank my you. Vote. You, <laughs> my vote. 
and 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 miles we're gonna put all the the links in the best way for everyone to find you but if people want to um just like keep up with what you're doing learn more about you where's the best place for them to start but we'll put all this in the show notes but where's where's the best place for people to start just to learn more about the free store project as we kind of wind um, down the free store project all they have to do is go online to instagram either the free store project or at the free store project or the free store project.com is the website to follow my campaign and my journey they'd have to go to instagram as well which is at miles for nyc so m-y-l-e-s for nyc and i just changed my name yesterday so i'm like i'm really stoked like I ch- you know what i mean like, I from, like whatever it was <laughs> yeah. before to like on on instagram so you it's, mean it's instagram yeah. official okay. this is a real campaign you know like yeah wow you're turning back you're turning back and now I, Inspired yeah. people is the name of the game. So even if I lose, I win. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, you already yeah. have won in so many ways. You know, it's like, look at this amazing thing that you've created and still are in the process of creating. It's, you know, like being in office would be great, but it's it's yeah. a bonus. It's almost, it's like, it's it's not the goal. It's part yeah. of the journey, Definitely. you know, which it's, it's just is, it's, it's so great. I think I'd have an office. Yeah. I don't like. I don't think this position comes with one, so I don't even know what to say. Like my term, and all, like I don't even know. Like all I know is that I'm an advocate, district leader. Everybody has them. It's just an advocate for the community to the elected politicians and officials. So like, mm-hmm. my job would be to take all the community concerns and bring them to the officials. Or after they've made promises, which have gotten them into office, I'm like, hey, remember when you said you were going to open that building or reopen that park? What's up with that? Yo, you said you were going to paint that. Where is it? Like, that would be my job. And for a long time, these positions have just been given to buddies. That way, like, nothing really, there's no accountability. You know what I mean? Like, if you're my homie and we're playing golf, like, did you go out? Did you go and see what that lady said about the the traffic light on her block? No? Okay. You know? So it's like, I'm I'm choosing (laughs) to take on this position and, and, and hear the, and hear hear the concerns and then be able to voice them for the people who are usually underrepresented or you know don't really know where to turn people see me they see me out they see me fixing the store they know they can come to me and and bring me their their concerns who signs up for that me yeah (laughs) you know like (laughs) you're you're a natural for for it it's 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 perfect for you you're already kind of doing it you just do it in a more formal maybe get a little title card on your desk but um miles uh well you know what i mean (laughs) you will you will we'll find it for the street and refurbish it to make it your own um yeah, my guys, Miles Smutney, everyone, CEO and founder of the Free Store Project, running for office. Uh, nothing stopping her anytime soon. Um, we might have to bring you back on the show down the line just to be like, what, what the heck else have you gotten up to? But uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is amazing. Um, I was really looking forward to having you on, and. Uh, this has been great, and I'm, I I know our listeners uh, will get a lot out of this. So, thanks for doing this, Miles. Thank you so much, Miles. It's been thank so great, so great to hear everything you've been doing and and will do. Thank you so much for having me, yeah. Tomas. I love you, Lexi. I love you now too. But thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You got it. And everyone listening, that we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.